Welcome to episode 77 of Cowboys Right Free, the podcast. My name is Joel Penfield, and as always, I'm joined by Philip Slavin. We're recording this right after the game, so <laughs> what? how are you feeling? Uh, like, to be perfectly honest, you kind of saw this coming. I, I, I knew I didn't like picking OSU yeah. in this game. I, I did it anyways. Um, and they rewarded me with the game that I thought that I would actually see. That that's that's how I feel right now. Yeah, the the I have and I, I tweeted this right after the game. Like I've been very upset after watching Oklahoma State lose to Texas Tech and Iowa State and Kansas State so far this season. Like obviously it's it's frustrating to lose games, you know, especially when you're very passionate like you and I are. But I don't think I've been to the point of screaming at my television like I did when the clock hit all zeros like I did a few minutes ago. This game hurt a lot to lose because Oklahoma no. State was the better team and they did no, not play like um, it at all, all game long. First quick thoughts. One, um, just think about it from this standpoint. Had Charlie Brewer actually started the game, uh, this wouldn't have been a game. Would never have been a game. Absolutely. No, all. they would have beat us by three touchdowns. So OSU had been gifted playing McClendon in the first half and could only muster 10 points. They seem to struggle in the first half <clears throat> with play calling, reverting back to all the stuff they did against Kansas State, Iowa State, Texas Tech. Um, like that, the, it, it was literally right. a Kansas State game. First drive yep. was good, and then pff, it's it just sputtered. I'm not blaming Amendola for the for the missed field goals. If you really watched and paid attention, that win was gnarly. Like all, They were kicking problems the whole game. He was asked to kick four. Yeah, 48, 47 like yard 20 field to goals. Miles an hour blowing into that 20 mile zone. an hour wind that just pushed the ball away every time. Like there was no chance. But you just you just watch that first half, and Cornelius had twenty four passes. Why why is he throwing the ball twenty four times in the first half? Why were they not running the ball more when it was shown to be effective? Baylor is terrible against the run. Why were they not running it more in the first half? Like I know our offensive line's not great, but yeah, something like that. I think well, they had nineteen total carries, seven carries, and that includes Cornelius and Hubbard and Hill. I just, why? What are you doing? Where was the creativity? Why was everything saved for the second half, as opposed to just come out and play? Stop. I don't understand. OSU. When they become an underdog, they are great. They call plays like they're an underdog. They they did it in the first half against Texas. You know, that's what you saw. They play that way when they're down, when they're cornered, when they're an underdog. Why can't they come with that mentality all the time? You were better than Baylor. There was no reason that they should have been down 14-10 at halftime. They should have been up 21 to 7. Period. Like they should the game should have been over at halftime. Yeah, to Oklahoma State's credit, they did come out and adjust at halftime and kind of change the offense back to Cornelius' strengths. And you saw they scored three touchdowns in the second half. They look better. I loved the play call to Tylen Wallace on the bubble screen to get him into the end zone. Loved that. Everything looked good. But there was just some inkling in my mind that there was still going to well, Oklahoma State was going to find a way Brewer to lose this game. In. And they found a way to. The, the touchdown right yeah, so Charlie Burke came in, but it was also the one-play 75-yard touchdown on the rush that kind of flipped my mind even more. And that flipped the game for me, even though Oklahoma State went down and found a way to the put def- points on the board even after that. 
it's just infuriating how they found ways to yeah. lose the game when they had no business losing this game. Oh, no, no, no. But obviously, penalties played a huge part in this. They had, what, nine? Nine or ten? If they they, the game, no, they had ten going in the final drive, and then they had three on the final 12 drive. Twelve penalties for, for 133 penalties. There it is. It's the most penal. It's the most penalties and the most yards they've had Pathetic. this year, Absolutely. and that's saying something because they're averaging seven, and they've had multiple games of nine. Like, and those were stupid penalties. These were how many personal fouls of roughing yes. the passer, face masks, late hit out of bounds. The defense was the problem. I, I'm gonna write about this in my post game thoughts, but coming off the best game of his career, AJ Green probably had his worst. Not only did he give up stupid penalties over and over and over again, he bur- well, specifically those last yeah, two um, Baylor touchdowns were on times. him. He was out of position on the second to last uh-huh. one. And then he yep. was the defender in the last that gave up the final touchdown. Like, period. Yep. He I think that was Denzel Mims' first catch of the game. That. First or second, at least. No, he and Rodarius Williams had shut him down until um, when it actually when it actually mattered. And I, I want to go back to the fourth and three for a second. It was uh, the right decision. I did not mind Oklahoma State going forward on that fourth and three. You were, kind of in, you were in no man's land. You're going into the wind. You're not going to be able to make that kick. There's no way. You know, even if you try and flip the and field the deep, with Zach Snyder, you're still the giving the ball back to, in the to Baylor to prove that with it a minute and a half. Brewer. I had no faith that the defense was going to stop them, whether they had to go 90 yards or 70. I completely agree. Going forward on fourth down was the right call. There it we was. go. Now let's go into the play call itself. You try and run a play. You, you go to the play action. You get Cornelius out of the pocket trying to make a play. Get rid yeah. of the damn ball. Get rid of the damn ball. Or maybe give it to I Justice Hill, so who's the much best player on the damn with a field. Run play there um, than what they called. And yeah, Cornelius, we, we've seen it all season. I realize the idea is you have to try and make that first down because then the game's over. But... Losing yardage as opposed to just not making it. Every time the play falls apart, he won't get rid of the ball. Like, he just doesn't seem to be able to do it. And I don't understand. But I don't like the play call. Like, of course they know you're going to run it. Just run it anyways. Just run it. Figure it out. Or set something up so you get Hill or or Hubbard the ball in space. But that, whatever that was, I, I don't. It was terrible. I don't get it. I, re- I really don't get it. That, and that's the part that was yeah. infuriating to me is I, I knew they were going to go forward on that fourth and three, and that's fine. Yes. Where yes. they're right on the field, it was a perfectly logical reason to go for it. But to make that play call and put it in the hands of a guy who can't get rid of the ball when the play breaks down, I know they were probably looking for something, but the fact that he can't get rid of the ball and you make that calculated risk, it cost Oklahoma State the game. It re- now, granted, the defense had to go and make a play, but the fact that they could, they put it in the hands of the guy that can't get rid of the ball when the play breaks down yep. no, is I where agree. I have an issue. And now, granted, Cornelius did not play well at the end of the first half, but I think that was also the fact that they were having him throw down the field against the wind. That's a problem. When they were going short to intermediate and they were making him throw, getting the ball out of his hands on a three-step drop, yes. he was making great throws. The offensive game plan in the second yes. half worked. And it really did, and he looked great like he did on that first drive. Where I have an issue 
Ezra, they tried to go away from it once again. We keep seeing the same thing over and over again of Oklahoma State going away from what works for Taylor Cornelius. If you're so dead set on running that offense, then make a change at quarterback if you're so dead set on it. I'm tired of the in-between. I know I've said that many times on this podcast, but it rings it's true frustrating once to watch again. so many OSU wide receivers get open downfield because they do. Tyron Johnson gets open downfield yeah. almost every time, but they can't get the ball to him. Like I, I'm sorry. We've watched this all, all year. Taylor Cornelius has the arm strength. I don't care. He is not accurate on the deep pass, and he's certainly not. Do not throw another stinking fade route this year. I don't want to see another fade route pass. I don't want to see another fade pass, period. Stop throwing them. He is not accurate downfield. So why would you have the guy who is not accurate downfield throwing a pass that has to be dead-on accurate? Like, I don't understand the philosophy. I don't care if he can do it in practice. He can't do it in the game. We are nine games into the season. He's not suddenly going to have a switch flip and him start doing it. Stop it. Stop doing it. I don't care if it's about keeping the defense on. I mean, the main... Stop it. Yeah, my, my main thing is that it wasn't like he was flustered in the pocket making throws down the field and he was overthrowing them by one yard. It's like, okay, you can you can accept that because he's trying to make a play outside the pocket. He was throwing that ball on time and overthrowing the receiver. I think he overthrew him five times, I think. He overthrew Talon Wallace twice. He overthrew Tyler Johnson three times down the field when he had the guy beat. That's an issue. The other problem I have is if you really paid attention to the first half, it's like they... Tylen Wallace was amazing against Texas. Cornelius was really good was. against Texas. Yeah, absolutely. But Cornelius also, Tylen Wallace allowed Cornelius to not be perfect, and he made up for it. You can't expect that, right. and that's exactly what OSU did in the first half with some of the passes that were called and some of the plays that were called. Was well, Tylen Wallace is just going to go beat his defender in a, in, when he's contested and make the catch. Well, you can't expect someone to do that every single time. It's ridiculous. I, right. OSU. Ugh. That was the most frustrating game of the season because OSU should have won it. No doubt. Should have gotten their sixth win. Should be bowl eligible. And um, we're back to... I don't see a sixth win. I'm sorry. I know TCU is not great. Um, do you think they're going to continue to... They're not going to continue to improve with the new quarterback over the next few weeks until they get to the end of the season? Because you're going to have the same situation as this one. Baylor knew they had to win this game if they're going to get to a bowl game this year, and they did. TCU is probably going to be a situation at the end of the season where they're going to have to beat OSU to go to a bowl game. You 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 think that that's that they're not going to play well at home in a season finale? Are you kidding me? I just don't, and I don't expect another Texas performance. Yeah, everyone's been talking about 2014. This isn't 2014. This is 2005. That's what this is. This is 2005. This is Gundy's first season. It's that yeah, bad. It's, that's how bad this is. It's, yeah. It, and I've ah. never seen, I still don't understand, I've never seen an OSU team so undisciplined. So undisciplined. It, In every... After having such a great game against Texas, you'd think they maybe figure something out, but they didn't. And it got like, worse the, against this the team. The most penalties in a game this year. I don't understand how you... They're just boneheaded plays, and I get that there was a lot of back and forth on both yep. sides, and I also get that Matt Rule yep. like argued with the refs for like half the game and whatever. But come on, stop grabbing face masks! Don't hit a guy out of bounds. Like, how hard is that to do? 
to just be like, oh, I'm not going to do something stupid and cost my team over and over and over and over and over again. Yes, there was another terrible pass interference call on AJ Green. He's averaging like one a game at this point in the year. But well over, I think. The penalties are on, like, you can't, at this point in the season, it's not on the coaches anymore. It's on the players. The players are undisciplined. They are doing whatever they want to do yep. out there and making boneheaded mistakes that they know better. They know better. And it's they're, they're not getting any better. Like, we've said yep. the penalties would cost them again. I mean, if the penalties them. cost them today. So did that stupid yeah, block and punt. I... Are you kidding me? Stop trying to outthink the room and hire a damn special teams coordinator, Gundy. Like, I am so sick and tired of, well, we've got a grad assistant and uh, we've got an analyst over here, so we're saving a ton of money. we got two defensive line coaches. Great. They should be the best defensive line in the Big 12. Oh, they're not? Then have one and hire a damn special teams coordinator. This is bullshit. Just hire one so that our special teams aren't a damn joke week in and week out. Yeah, I know. I'm completely with you on that. Like when they blocked the punt, that changed the game. It, it absolutely did, and that's when I got a very bad feeling about this game. The fact that our defense was playing well, but we were still losing, tells me that the offense was in rough shape, and we were still going to find a way to lose this game. And despite the offense improving, the defense went the other direction in the fourth quarter and found a way to lose the game. It sucks because that's actually the best second half this- I think they've played this season. They have been I completely agree awful in second I, I, half. You, they scored yes. six, They managed seven points against Texas, nothing against Texas Tech, six points against Kansas State. Yeah, they put up points against Iowa State in the second half. That's fine. But if in Big 12 play, that was probably the best. Kansas doesn't count. Kansas is awful. That was the best second half they've had offensively, the best adjustments. They should have won this game. Mm-hmm. And penalties and special teams yeah. cost them. Like, I... Story of the season. It, it's the story of the last two seasons, no, really. That last year was the least. No, the penalties not necessarily, but the defense in, in spots, absolutely. I mean, I mean, obviously, I'm kind of talking out of my fourth point of contact right now because, well, it's just yeah. frustration at this point. But This is what happens when like you record a podcast just, immediately after a loss. I mean, even if we had a day to digest it, I feel like we'd still be this frustrated. So I don't think it matters, quite frankly. I... But, man, like, I think if we had a, at least a win going into Bedlam, we'd at least have a little bit of momentum. We could at least try and make it a game. But I don't think OU beats us by less than 40 I didn't now. ever think that was going to be a close game. All I cared about this one was getting I, I didn't the sixth win and getting to ball eligibility. Because then the rest of it's just, at this point with this team in this season, getting the money. sixth win and getting to ball eligibility, yeah, you're playing with house money. Everything that happens afterwards is just good. We got a bowl. Oh, uh, we're going to bowl game. Maybe we can win that bowl game and end the year on a high note. You know, maybe we get the win over TCU and get seven wins in the regular season. Now, I mean, you look at the schedule and it literally is you have OU and West Virginia, two teams that could very easily be in the Big 12 title game, and a road game at TCU, which is your the last game of the season and your best hope to get to a bowl game. Which I don't see happening. Not if they're going to go have. Point. 9, 10, 11, 12 penalties. Again, I go back to you looked at the no. two best games they played this year were Boise State and Texas. They had four penalties in both of those games. That was it, four in each game. 
And yeah, that was those were their best performances this year. When this team does not commit penalties like they do, they play well and they win. When they go and have 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, they lose. 133 penalty yards. Think about it for a second. 133. That's how many yards you either cost yourself, and most of those were on defense. So think most of those yards were given to Baylor. Yeah. The offense played well. The offensive line, they had a couple holding penalties, but overall, the offense played well and kept themselves in drives. It wasn't like they were killing themselves with third down, you know, and long or whatever. And even if they were, they would find yeah. a way to convert it, either with Cornelius making a good throw or Justice Hill bailing everyone out once again. That, that, this is just one of those games I think we can all look back and just go, this there's was gonna be, There's going to be a line of, of, uh, of stationary bikes on the field this week. And no one's going to be on him longer than AJ Green. Um, as man, we praised him and praised him after that Texas game. We talked about how great. Yeah, I listened to Tate doesn't lie, and I think he gave up one catch for twenty three yards against six six Colin Johnson. Granted, two of those were penalties. One of them was bullshit, and the other one was actually a pass interference. But if you think about it, he had one catch to one of the best receivers but this in the game conference. Was and then he goes out tonight. Multiple, and it doesn't matter. It looked like he did all No, season. this is the worst I think I've ever watched AJ Green. Like I don't and I had a yeah. bad there's that that's the most Oklahoma State thing possible. Go out and have an amazing game that and then the next week the, you play like hot garbage. Yeah, I think that was what I said in Slack after halftime. I said it, it's peak Oklahoma State to have a massive win and then find a way to play down to your competition and just lay an absolute egg in a game you had every chance to win. I have to go write about this game. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I mean, there. I think there's some positive takeaways. I think the season is Justice Hill looked good. And I think 18 carries, garbage. Tylen Wallace had over. Tylen Wallace had over a thousand hit over a thousand yards on the season. Good for him. That's awesome. Keep getting the Bolitnikov awards that he should. That's about the only two takeaways I, I can take. I don't know that him. he wins this year, but I think he's set up for next year. No. Oh, for sure. Uh, he, he's a very talented receiver. And when he has a quarterback and actually hit a throw down the field, he's going to be amazing. You think about what he's doing right now with a quarterback that can't throw the ball more than 20 damn yards. Tyron Johnson is is this – Tyron Johnson is Tyreek Hill. Tyron Johnson's going to go to the yep. NFL and be really good, and everyone's going to go, where was all of this at OSU? And well, um, he sat behind James Washington and, and, and Marcel Aitman, and then he had Taylor Cornelius – so, we never really used him to his full potential, a la Tyreek Hill when he was at OSU. Like, mm-hmm. two of the best, I'm with you the most dynamic athletes you've had under Gundy completely wasted during two of the worst seasons of the Gundy era. I don't think... I, I'm not saying they don't find another win. Um, I'm not going to be so just pessimistic that I say they can't get a sixth win. When this team plays to its full potential, it can beat probably everybody but OU. Everyone on the schedule but OU. Um, but I just don't know if they have another full potential game in their belt. I don't. Um, I, don't I think, think so. they are better I think, than TCU. I think, I think they're better than TCU because of the number of injuries TCU has had this season. I think Oklahoma State is a better team. I think they have better players to put out there. But man, and I think TCU is bad, but... 
I just don't trust Oklahoma State not to get in its own way. And they have been their own worst enemy this season. Like, yep. I, I just I never thought I'd see an OSU team so undisciplined. But that's exactly what we have. And I don't know what has to be done about it. And I don't know. At this point, I, I could care less about this year. But moving forward, it is something that has to be addressed and fixed. Because this yep. can't be a trend moving forward past this season. How you go from yep. the least penalized team of the Gundy era to the most penalized team from the, in the Gundy era, I do not understand how that happened. I don't. Uh, I, I, because at a certain point, usually you point to coaches uh, when there's undisciplined teams. But at this point in the season, there's no way those coaches aren't on their asses about it. So I don't know what right. happened from last year to this year to make them so bad at this. And I, spe- I don't. I, I just don't understand. Um, uh, the only thing I can account for, because I think so many happen on the offensive line, which isn't great, and the defense is they're still because they're learning this new defense. They're just there's too much going on in their head, uh, and and it's led to penalties from they're trying to do too much. I know Jim Knowles has simplified the defense. Uh, he did last week against Texas. I think that was why they were so few penalties. As far as today goes. I think it was a chippy game, uh, and OSU fell for it and just played undisciplined. And I don't, 133 penalty yards. I I don't even know. I like that. Just it just makes me sad, sad, yep. and embarrassed uh, to 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 watch what was really just two bad football teams playing each other. That's what that game mm-hmm. felt like. That's what the first half felt like. It felt like I was watching a damn like bottom tier Big Ten game. Is really what it felt like. Uh, it's just so. Um, do we end there you, so we don't spend fifty minutes just bitching? Well, yeah, I, I um, I liked the uniforms, didn't love them. I, here's my yeah. deal: the the Ed Hardy helmet looks good with that jersey because I of agree. the detail in the collar and the sleeve. So it looks good. It's just not my favorite helmet. So it's not a matter of like it doesn't look good. I just don't care for that helmet, and I think they wear it too much. Like I, I'm with you. Or... I think it's good like two times a season, two to three times. I'm good with it. But I would have much rather seen the matte black helmet with the badge. I think that would have looked so good. I think the players and recruits really like that helmet. I think I really and do. If think that's they what do. they want to wear, then go ahead, and then we can complain about it on the podcast. Yeah, that's fine with me. Um, so I thought they looked pretty good today. I mean, uniform wise. Um, obviously our next, next time we chat, we'll preview the Oklahoma game, which I don't look forward to. Oh, God. Um, Uh, Oh, I'm, I'll be honest. I'm not looking forward to Wednesday's episode. No, but we will have it for you. We we will be out there for all Oklahoma state fans to listen to and gear up for the pain that will occur next Saturday. We'll also get to talk a little basketball on Wednesday. Yeah, I'm very excited for that. I will be at the game tomorrow. I'll have some notes to talk about. Um, it's a exhibition game against Wachita Baptist, uh, uh, something to no, that it's, effect. It's um, Wachita. Wachita Baptist. There we go. They Thank are, you. They are near. Uh, I'm about 20 miles away from, from Wachita. It's spelled, for those who don't know, it's spelled like O-U-A-C-H-I-T-A. Um, to embarrass myself, I used to think, I thought it was like Wachita. It's Wachita. But thank you. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. But yeah, I'm excited. Um, th- there'll be a lot of interesting things to talk about there because I think that 
from what I watched at the open practice uh, last week, I believe it was, uh, I thought Maurice Kalou and uh, Contrevious Jones would be the two best freshmen, at least down low. But it's looking like the projected starter is going to be Yora Nye, who's another 6'10", 220-pound uh, freshman there. And he's going to start, which I didn't think he was that impressive. Now, that obviously, is one practice and one hour of one practice. But from what I saw, I will be very interested to see what he can do. He obviously is very talented if they're going to start him, but I think it could be more of a let's see what he can do in a game than a he is the most talented freshman, or at least the most talented guy we can put down there at the five. So yeah. I'll, I'll... I, I'm interested to see what can happen. I'm This team, I think, could legitimately – I don't think they're going to compete for the Big 12 title, obviously. I think they're just too young right now. But this team can make a little bit of noise. I think there's enough talent there, and enough, and I think the coaching is going to be there to where they could ma- make a few teams trip up there in the Big 12. This is not the year, but two years from now, watch out for what Oklahoma State's going to do with Mike Boyden at the helm. Yeah, I don't think this team is the worst team in the Big 12, and I don't think they finish in last place just like they did last year. I don't know if they make the tournament this year. Um, it may be another trip to the NIT, but I, I don't think this is the worst team in the Big 12. And it is, again, a loaded Big 12 conference. So It is. I'll be excited to talk about that on Wednesday. Yep, I, th- I think my, my last thought here is, uh, at least for basketball, and then we'll wrap up. I think whenever Michael Weathers comes back from suspension, which I imagine will be after the, the winter semester ends at the, you know, in the middle of December, I think that's the earliest that he comes back. I think the earliest the game he comes back is Houston on December 8th. Uh, anything after that, I think when he comes in, I think he will make a huge difference because he's a go-to scorer. He's a great shooter, and he will make a difference, and I think that he can take this team from an NIT berth to maybe a bubble team. He is that good on the offensive end. I'm not going to say that I think Oklahoma State makes the tournament, but I think there's the talent there to be a you know a sneaky good low seed. That's kind of the ceiling I have for this team. I think the floor is still an NIT berth. But I, just think, I think they can make some noise there as well. So there's some great potential for this team, especially with the program moving forward. Uh, I, th- I think that's enough basketball to talk about since it's all speculation right now until we see what they can do on the floor. So I'll have some more thoughts for that on Wednesday as we talk about OU for a little bit as well. And, oh, boy. <laughs> Philip, where can they follow you on Twitter? Follow me personally at OKTXARPoke. That's Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas. Uh, you can follow my show, the 1012 Podcast. It's at 1012 Podcast, at the number 10, the number 12, the word podcast on Twitter. You can find it on SoundCloud and iTunes. All right. For those of you that have listened this far or just listened to us ramble for a half hour, uh, you can follow me at JT Penfield. And be sure to follow the main site at Cowboys RFF. Uh, we will have some stuff up on the podcast or on the, the site this week, but uh, don't know if you want to read it. But hopefully, for those of you that uh, follow the site, we appreciate it. Oh, no, you want to read it. Yeah, just so you can have a little bit of closure for this week and then move on for the next. Uh, Thank you to all of you who listened to us ramble. Uh, We recorded this directly after the game on Saturday, so our thoughts were not necessarily clear, but here we are. And, uh, yeah, we'll see everyone on Wednesday for a little bit of basketball and then some bedlam. Uh, Thank you to everyone who listened, and we will see you all then.